You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Episode four of the Off Day Debrief, or the Oddcast, as we like to call it. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. Alongside me, Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. What's up, Brandon? Stats, uh, you know, I always like to start off the show uh, with a shout out to the Odd Squad, the hashtag Odd Squad, the listeners of this very fine podcast. SMR Chef, SMR Chef says, this is in quotes here, Stats. I'm not making this up. He says, uh-huh. in quotes, BLG, may he forever reign. It's actually an inside joke on Bleeding Green Nation's podcast, BGN Radio. So nice to see some love there. Get some love to stats, too, in the iTunes reviews. Would like to see that. Um, another cheap shot from the Monday Football Monday podcast. Uh, sad to see them very jealous of our success stats as the most important pass podcast on this feed. But what can you do? We're taking over. It's clear. Shout out to at Justin Sullivan, too who was criticizing the Monday Football Monday crew. He said, I knew there was a reason I was part of the odd squad. So there you go. Thank you very much. We are happy to have you. There's plenty of room on the bandwagon, but keep on coming. All right, where do we get started this week, Stats? We got to start with Monday Night Football. So we're going to look at Monday Night Football. We're going to get to your always 100% accurate power rankings because, you know, we just have to. And then we're going to take a little break. Then we'll come back and we'll do... Make it make sense. My favorite segment of the week. And then we'll look at some of our survivor picks, which, by the way, since a rough opening week, you and I have rebounded nicely. That's all I'll say until we get there. But let's start with Monday Night Football. It was, I can only describe it as a 14-point blowout. The Chiefs win 34-20. to It was a one-score game at one point, but it just never felt close to me. I, I The Chiefs were in complete control throughout. The Chiefs stats are the manifestation of like an elite front office elite head coach elite quarterback like this is a dynasty i know uh maybe that's premature for some of you out there i mean certainly for not uh for pete sweeney um who who thinks the chiefs can't even lose a game but i mean they're they're so good i mean what do you do like andy reed his play calling he's just like sharp as ever hasn't lost a step mahomes is just like what do you do he's demoralizing because you can't stop him did you see Stats. Was it just me, or did Lamar Jackson look like visibly frustrated tonight? Like it's like, what do we do? He was like, "There's no answer. I, I'm just frustrated. I can't. I, what am I supposed to do?" I think that's definitely part of it. There's a demoralizing aspect to Mahomes when you see him taking, and I'm I I can't even exaggerate this. I think it was like a 13 step drop, and he just <laughs> launches a ball to Tyree Kill, and the and it like. No matter what you do, he's just like, oh, I could, I'll take a 16-step drop or I'll roll out and scramble for a first down. He beats you no matter what. And then when you're on offense and you're Lamar, if you don't score every time, you're screwed. 
Yeah. I mean, just again, go back to the play calling too. I mean, you had the shovel pass or the underhanded along the goal line with Mahomes there to the fullback. Uh, Andy Reid had the Chiefs throw a touchdown pass to their left tackle, Eric Fisher. Uh, it used to be like the, the old Todd Harriman's play back in Philly. So that was, that was fun to see uh, him pull that one out of the playbook there. So yeah, it's just, it's like between Mahomes and again, Reid, who's just, making it look easy for the chiefs make it look easy that's the bottom line it's just like it's not even a challenge for them honestly watching the eagles as it's so painful stats it's not fun at all like the it's the aesthetic it's not even just like because they're losing it's like how they play the style and the chiefs for them it's like they're playing a whole different sport than the rest of the nfl they were like basically just having fun out there tonight. At one point, they ran a, a wildcat play. The running back got the snap. Then he gave the ball to Mahomes, who then threw back to the running back. They were just messing around at one point. It was dominant. Mahomes, 385 yards, four touchdowns, 133.5 quarterback rating. I mean, that's insanity. Like, it is, it's a scrimmage out there for the Chiefs. It's incredible. And the Ravens are really good. It's like, this isn't even, I think, an indictment on them. Like, you know, what could you look at them and be like, oh, they're just, they're, they're, uh, you know, like they need to do this. Like, no, like they can't, they couldn't do anything. They looked like helpless to me. Like you said, it was like, if Lamar didn't absolutely, you know, be like a hundred percent and kind of take over the game and then, you know, give the Ravens credit, you know, they were down 17 and they fought back there to pull with what, like within seven. So, you know, they tried, but it just, it didn't matter because it's like, okay, uh, once you score, your defense still still has to stop Mahomes and that offense, and it's like they can't, they just can't. Um, so it's 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 just like when you're watching that, as any fan of not the Chiefs, it's like how do we have a chance against this team? I mean, I hate to just lavish them with praise because it's boring, but there's really nothing else to say at this point. I mean, I I can't be critical. I am generally a critical person, and I cannot find <laughs> anything to be critical about. Uh, with the Chiefs. So I'm going to be critical of the Ravens here. I, I saw a stat. This is from NFL Research. Since Lamar Jackson was drafted in 2018, they are 0-10 after trailing at halftime, including the playoffs. They are the only team in the NFL without a single win after trailing at halftime in that span. Hmm. And I think they're, what, 0-3 now against this Chiefs team, too? Of Obviously, you know, different, a little bit different iterations. But it's Lamar, you know, against this Mahomes and Andy Reid. And it's like, they just have their number. They can't beat them. And that's significant because, I mean, you know, think about the new playoff format. It's only one team now getting that first round by. And this game could, like, be that, you know, that could be the tiebreaker or the determining factor. And all of a sudden, you know, that's huge. So this was a huge win, you know, not just, like, because it's week three, and the Chiefs are, you know, 3-0 and now, but it's, like, huge in the sense, like, this could, you know, very much influence the playoff picture already. That was a good point. I think, uh, I can't remember if it was Lewis Riddick or who made it on the broadcast. Somebody brought that up. But, yeah, I mean, these AFC matchups, I mean, Kansas City's got to look at the rest of the conference and say, nobody scares us now. Like, <laughs> the Ravens were the only one, right? Like, who else is there to challenge the Chiefs in the AFC? Yeah, I mean, maybe, like, Maybe the Steelers, maybe. Yes. Like I, I think that's the next. They're the next closest team in my power rankings. But like I'm looking here through the rest. I mean, I have the Titans up there. But like, no, the Chiefs are not afraid of the Titans at all. I mean, especially watching last year's uh, championship game. Uh, maybe the Bills. Maybe, maybe the Bills. 
they're, they're like i don't know i mean probably not but like if you're looking for like a wild card dark horse i guess it would have to be them is that crazy to say it's a little crazy to say yeah but they're probably I mean, the next closest thing right the bills could barely handle the rams and the rams mm. are not exactly the chiefs just saying it's smooth sailing for them I do think Pittsburgh is a good call, though, because we saw in the Chargers game last week, you can if you can get to Mahomes, obviously that changes everything, and Pittsburgh is incredible at rushing the passer. So they are the ones that I sort of give a chance. And, I, you know, Ben, obviously, a quarterback, is, is very good as well. So I would say Pittsburgh is the only remaining team. But, yeah, I mean, I can't remember a Super Bowl champion looking this good the next season, especially with no off season and no training camp and none of that stuff. It's like the chiefs just never stopped playing from last year. They just keep going. It's sustainable. Like everything they have there, it's not like a flash in the pan. And especially as, you know, someone who's watched the Eagles win the Super Bowl and then fail to sustain that success. It's like, you know, this, I said it earlier, like it's the, it's a dynasty in the making. And now they have to win the championships to actually validate that and prove that. But I mean, the pieces are there. It's like, what, what is the weakness? What is the weakness of the Chiefs? The defense? Yeah, I think you can point to that of being like the weakness. Defense still played pretty good tonight. Like, they're, you know, Spags has that unit playing well. It's it's definitely, you know, the weakest point of the team, but it's still like, you know, they still come to play. It's not like a, it's, they're not total pushovers. The Chiefs did have a little bit of sloppiness tonight. I will say they gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown. They missed a field goal. They missed an extra point. They had a fumble. That That's really what kept the Ravens in the game was basically the non-Patrick Mahomes parts of the teams were not fun- functioning as well as he did. But there was some sloppiness there. But even with that, they still won by two touchdowns. So, uh, I guess we should probably move on from the Chiefs. Uh, all, all the listeners are are just demoralized right now, right? They're <laughs> like, what do, what do we do? What do we do against this team? It's just like the Chiefs are the NFL's team. They just It's just like it's their league. Everyone's living in it. So now that we've established that none of the rest of the teams have any shot, let's look at the power (laughs) rankings. (laughs) Everyone else is playing for second place. Chiefs, number one. Seahawks, number two. Packers at three. Ravens at four. Steelers, five. Tennessee Titans, six. Bills, seven. Rams, eight. Niners at nine. And Patriots at 10. I am stunned that you have the Green Bay Packers ahead of the Baltimore Ravens right now. Aaron Rodgers, man, he's just, he, there was a lot of talk in the off season. Uh, well, for me, even I was saying, like, I, I just saw him at the end of the last year and he just, he looked so cooked in that week 17 game against the lions where they were, they had a first round buy to play for. And I mean, that guy is like nowhere to be seen. I mean, everyone was talking about how, Oh, the Jordan love pick is going to be like this. It's going to make Aaron Rodgers go into like FU mode. And he's going to have like this revenge tour. And like, I didn't fully buy that at the time because I thought Rodgers just might not have it anymore. But, man, does he have it? I mean, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions in the first three games. Um, yeah, I mean, Rodgers is back, baby. And he's a force. The Packers are a force. As long, is Rodgers, you know, at the top of – is very, very top of his game is like the – he's the original Mahomes of – not that there's ever been, you know, never been better quarterbacks before Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes. But, like, you know, when he's at the top of this game, it's like there's no one better. And he's not that level, I think, anymore – you know, and Mahomes obviously has that title now, but I mean, he's up there. Yeah. Okay. Let's see it. You know, I want to see when the weather gets cold, when the weather oh. gets cold and he's not able to throw the ball like he's been throwing it so far. 
let's see where the Packers are because I think all their warts from last season are still there. They can still get run on. I still don't think they have any weapons besides Devontae Adams. I, I'm sorry. I Until they do it, I'm going to think that they are just like they were last year when they got absolutely smashed in the NFC title game. But they're, they're the second best team in the NFC, right? You would, you would agree with that or no? No. No, who, they're not who is? the 49ers. Oh my gosh, you and the, yeah, it was such a homer, such a homer pick, such a homer Hold slant on. to this. Hold on. If the Niners had all their guys and beat the Giants by the same score, you'd say they're one of the best teams in the NFC, right? Sure. I mean, well, I, I'm not trying to take any credit away from the Niners. What they did was very impressive. I mean, going and beating uh, the Giants without, I mean, again, yeah, just the Giants, but forget that, you know, still 27 points and they beat him with, you know, missing Jimmy G and George Kittle and Raheem Mostert and Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas and De- Tevin Coleman and Debo Samuel and Richard Sermon and D Ford. So yeah, I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but they're still not my number two team in the NFC. But why no not? If they beat the Giants with their starters, they'd be in consideration. But when they beat them with their backups, now they're not in consideration. That doesn't make any sense. Well, no, I'm so, well, but part of the factor here is they're still hurt. Those injuries still factor in. That's a concern. I mean, you're not going to be playing the Giants. Let's see how they, you know, how they fare with those injuries against a team that isn't like the second or arguably the worst team in the league. I want to see it. I mean, I was, they did a good job. They did. They took care of business. They killed a very bad Giants team. But are they doing that against you know uh, some of these other top teams in the NFC? I don't know. Are the Packers? They're not in that they spot. They're not so that far. hurt. They played one good team so far. And the and the 49ers have played the Cardinals. Uh-huh. And, and just Jets. lost to the Lions, who were on an 11 on. game Everybody losing streak. Everybody was putting the Cardinals in the playoffs after week 1. Now all of a sudden we're slowing the roll on the Cardinals? They're talent. No, they're talent. They're not fully there yet. They're talented. The signs are there. It's promising. And Kyler Murray, as I said last week, like part of the problem there is kind of need to pick it up with, your, with the arm, but like, you know, the running is great, but I mean, he's down to like four touchdowns, five interceptions now. And I think his pass rating is like fifth, sixth lowest in the league. So, you know, he's not fully there yet, but that team is on the come, as they say. I think you're not giving the 49ers nearly enough respect. Clearly, that's okay. You're just, you'll be, you're just mad at me because the Niners are going to smash the Eagles this week and you're <laughs> taking it out on me preemptively. Well, I was going to give, I was going to say, I'm going to give the 49ers a lot of respect later um, when we get to our, <laughs> our, our survivor take it to the bank picks uh, later in the show. So I'll save that for that. All right. Well, let's look at some other teams in the power rankings. Now, uh, we talked about Baltimore already. How about the Titans at six? They were at six last week. They looked really good. Why not a move up for the Titans? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, uh, you know, who's ahead of them. And, you know, it's they're arguably even a little too high there at six. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, obviously I put them at six. I'm just saying that's obviously the case you could make. They, they're only 14th in point differential, you know, despite being 3-0. They've had some close calls here. Um, it does help that they have the NFL's best turnover differential, plus five. That's obviously, you know, aided them there. And Tannehill didn't have a great game this week, so that's a little concerning. But I still like the team as a whole. I believe in them. Uh, still my favorite there in the AFC South. So, yeah, I, you know, they're clearly, you know, a step below, like the top. I mean, the, well, the Chiefs are really on their own tier, as we talked about for like the first 50 minutes of the show. But, uh, but you know, the Ravens will be in that next tier. And then I even put the, the Titans in a tier below that. So they're in that third tier at best. Um, but they're, they're good. I like them. It's just, you know, not fully sold in them still over the Ravens or the Chiefs at all. 
but you put them ahead of the Bills. I did just by one spot. And, you know, I would have put the Bills above them, but, you know, they blew a 25 point lead. I mean, if that didn't happen and they kind of just rolled the Rams and, uh, you know, it was easy and didn't come come down to the wire. And again, where they blew the lead and actually had to come back at the end. um, Yeah, I probably have the Bills over them right now, but, but that's not the case. Well, and think about how much differently we feel about the Bills if they don't get that pass interference call on fourth down at the end of that game. I mean, if if they lose that game, we're crushing the Bills today, right? Oh, they blew a gigantic lead. How could this happen? Let's slow down on the Bills. They get the call, and, and credit to them. They took advantage of it. You know, they could just as easily have not scored after that, but they didn't. They got it in the end zone. So good job by Buffalo. I just I thought it was interesting Tennessee – remains a, a spot ahead of Buffalo this week. I think part of the reason is because Tennessee is never flashy. Like they don't ever have a game. Like we just saw the chiefs have on Monday night football. They just win. They're, they're mm-hmm. so I call Mike Vrabel, baby Belichick. And every time the Titans play, I just see it more and more. They're exactly like those Patriot teams. They're not glitzy. They're not flashy. They just find a way to get it done. And they like win by one point every week. And you're like, Oh, Tennessee, I guess they're pretty good, but they're they're sneaky good. Yeah, and I mean, even if Tannehill isn't having the best day, I mean, the run game is there. So you can kind of rely on that. The defense also, um, obviously not their best week this week. Um, give it quite a bit. But uh, yeah, I just, I like that team a lot. Again, you said it with Vrabel. I think that's the biggest reason probably why I like them. I just, I think he's a really good coach. He keeps them competitive. Like, when have they ever really been like out of a game? I can't even think off the top of my head. Maybe I'm forgetting something, but it's, it's it, that's the point. Like, it's not coming easily to me. So, mm-hmm. and when, I mean, let's be honest, that is not something you could have said about the Titans in years past. <laughs> yeah. Or Vrabel got there. For sure. Let's continue down the list. We already talked about the Niners ninth. You know, I feel like last week you were going to, you know, put them at the bottom of the league. Now all of a sudden they're the ninth best team in the league. That's fine. That's fine. New England at 10. And let me say this. I'm convinced that the AFC East still goes through New England. I know that Buffalo is a very hot commodity right now. I think New England, I mean, they're an inch away from what being three and oh, I, I think New England is incredible. They're still learning how to play with Cam. They had 38 carries last week for 250 yards. 38 carries. Like, whatever they whatever they do, they're good at it, and they can do anything. And, I mean, Cam didn't even play well, and they scored 36 points last week. I think the Patriots are clearly still the favorites in the AFC East. We haven't seen the Bills face them yet, and I'm not betting against Belichick against Josh Allen or anybody else. No, I kind of want to apologize to Josh Allen, though, because, I, you know, I, I took him in fraud and fraud or law last week. And, man, he is red hot right now. And obviously he's a flawed player. You know, he's not perfect. There's going to be turnover issues, but but he's just fun, too. So come on. You got to give Josh Allen some love. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, like I have the Patriots back in the top 10. So I don't think it's insane that they could, you know, I mean, it's their division. Weird to say take it back. Um maintain their division um it's not a gimme though i mean again cam didn't have his best game i think he's looked good overall and i think they're very gonna, gonna be very competitive with him but you know um you know if that run game isn't there then eh, you know a little bit dicier um but yeah that's really impressive i mean 38 attempts like you said for 250 yards 6.6 average and the two touchdowns sony michelle leading the way there um yeah so they're back in the top 10 for the first time 
this year in my power rankings. And I just feel like probably not going to be dropping them out of there. I feel like, you know, they're going to be sticking around that area. How good is Chiefs Patriots going to be this week? Oh, man. Uh, well, I mean, not good at all because the Chiefs are gonna, <laughs> probably just going to roll them. I mean, maybe the Patriots are that team to solve them. Because uh, we left them out when we were talking about, all right, who's that next team in the, in the AFC? I mean, they could be the wild card team. Like if you're looking for, um, not literally, you know, the wild card in the playoffs, but wild card in terms of like that team that could unseat the Chiefs, um, maybe them. But yeah. Mahomes has sort of had New England's number too. He's He seems to start slow in the first half against New England. And then he and Andy Reid like huddle up at halftime and then decide, all right, let's just score 40 points in the second half and win this game. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously the loss in was it 2019 playoffs now, where I mean Mahomes didn't even touch the ball in the playoffs or in overtime, I should say. Yeah, um, and if D four doesn't line up offsides, I mean the Chiefs right. win. Yes, yeah. So that's like the one time, and it was close still. Let's go to this team. Let's go to the Saints at twelve now. They were eleven last week. They're zero and two now without Michael Thomas. Are we, do we start to worry about the Saints a little bit? Um, I mean, not worry in terms of like, they're still going to make the playoffs to me. I mean, I'm, I still feel pretty good about that, you know, obviously, especially with seven seeds now too. Yeah, I think that's just the biggest issue. Like they miss him. Drew Brees uh, having that guy, that safety blanket to go to uh, is a big deal. And also their defense is an issue, man. Like they're, they're allowing the six most points in the league. Um, they're vulnerable. I think, you could argue that the Saints are one of the teams most impacted by no fans this year. I mean, that's a that's a real crazy good home field advantage. And I know you're going to point out the 49ers beat them there, but still a tough game. Uh, and it's, it's tough sledding for a lot of teams that have to go into the Superdome and deal with that crowd noise. So them not having that year, I think, you know, probably hurts them more than some other teams. No, Rogers said as much. He said it makes a huge difference, which how could it not? Um, do you think that this whole Taysom Hill thing is going to get a little old for Drew Brees? I mean, the game turns because Drew Brees is off the field and Taysom Hill fumbles a ball after taking a hit. And that changed the entire nature of that game. When does Brees start to say like, all right, enough with this, with this guy, like, give me the ball. When the Eagles would play the Saints stats and they would put the ball in Taysom Hill's hands. It was like a gift. I was like, yes, like, right. thank you. Saints. It was like, Please do that. Um, yeah, Taysom Hill is – I like Taysom Hill, like, not as the Saints are using him in that way. Like, as a, you know, a fun kind of gadget guy. You mix him in here and there in a way where you're not taking snaps away from Drew Brees. You know, maybe as like a tight end or a screen or, you know, something fun like that. Or if he's playing quarterback and the Saints are up, like, 30 points. You know, that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but, but, yeah, not in critical situations. That's ridiculous that they do that. I mean, what do we always say on this show? Do the thing, right? Do you think the opponent wants the ball in Drew Brees' hands or Taysom Hill's hands? Like, why are you doing the thing that the opponent wants you to do? I don't understand what these teams are thinking. It's so cr- I mean, do we not talk enough about how the Saints paid him, like, what this offseason? Like, they gave him a contract worth how much money? Like, it, it's crazy. And more uh, concerning, for, again, from my Eagles perspective here, is that they convinced the Eagles to spend a 53rd overall pick on a quarterback that they thought they could do Taysom Hill things with. So uh, it's so it's not only bad for the Saints, it's also bad for the NFL at large, and Sean Payton should be thrown in jail. <laughs> wow, okay. Things are escalating here. That, mm-hmm. is, that is intense. No, I 
look, as a Niner fan, I love it because the Saints were going to be one of the teams in the NFC that I thought we were going to have to compete with. And if they keep wanting to do stupid things, I'm all for it. Just like I think Pete Carroll needs to run the ball a little bit more. But uh, if I was a Saints fan, I'd be getting pissed at this. I'm sorry. Like, I can't watch Taysom Hill. They illustrated it on the broadcast. He gets the snap. There are two wide receivers open down the field, and Hill doesn't see either one and instead just takes off running. And it's like, if he's going to be a quarterback, he needs to be a quarterback. What they're doing now is not working. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks' stats, it's only right that we bring up Nick Foles, right, and the Chicago Bears, the 3-0 and Chicago Bears. We started off the Oddcast this year, the Make It Make Sense segment, with you talking about, you know, what are the Bears doing? You know, why, why isn't Nick Foles in right away? And, uh, you know, I always felt like it was an inevitability, you know, when Foles would come in. And sure enough, I mean, <laughs> the Bears are 2-0. and So it's not even like they went in some kind of losing streak. They just they pulled the plug uh, on Trubisky, as they rightfully should have. And Foles comes in. And what does Nick Foles do? He does what he Nick Foles does. And he, leads, and he doesn't even look great doing it. Like, he throws... <laughs> Like one of the passes, uh, shout out to you know Monday Football Mondays and the podcast. Uh, Michael Kist here, uh, Kist posted Kist posted a clip, tongue twister, of Foles like rolling out to his left, uh, throwing off his back foot into triple coverage, and naturally it's a completion to Jimmy Graham instead of like intercepted, despite like going through a Falcon defender's hands. Like that's that's that is the Nick Foles experience to a T, and of course. Uh, the great story now everyone's talking about after the game where like he calls the play for the the game winning touchdown. He's like, he tells the receiver uh, to like run to the L in the end zone of the ATL. And uh, so, yeah, so the bears, Nick Foles, how are you feeling about that stats? I mean, look, I Mitchell Trubisky, like I said it in the first episode, I'll keep saying it. Like you've had a chance to see what this guy is. You should have known he ain't the guy. And I don't think Foles is that great either. But I'll tell you this, he's a hell of a lot better than Mitchell friggin' Trubisky. Like, it's not even close. Foles can come in. He's not flustered by the moment. I mean, clearly, you've seen him in the Super Bowl. We've seen him in multiple other instances. He's going to stand in there. He'll take hits. He'll deliver the ball. They just made a huge improvement at quarterback. And Mitchell Trubisky, barring injury, will never start another game again for the Chicago Bears. And he shouldn't. Yeah, what a relief for Bears fans. I mean, <laughs> Foles, it is, though. It's like, it's always tough when you just get saddled with that quarterback you're just stuck with who's underachieving. Uh, am I describing Carson Wentz right now with the Eagles? It's hard to say. No, obviously, he hasn't gotten that bad over a long period of time yet. But, um, but yeah, uh, with Foles, I mean, one of the biggest things with him is, like, you just the accuracy is just, it's great. Now, it's not always consistent. Like, you know, he's going to have games where he stinks it up. Again, he's a very high-variance player. And um, I think that's something Eagles fans can lose sight of because, you know, you remember the highs. And I get it. I'm, I'm not blaming anyone. But I'm just saying, like, a lot of people remember the highs of Nick Foles and kind of just brushed by the lows, which are very low. Because when he's bad, he's very bad. But, yeah, you take the upside of the Bears there. And obviously, their defense is playing well. So uh, it's a good spot to be in for them. You know, 3-0. and uh, You know, they're in the mix for the playoffs. How many 3-0 and teams do you know that changed their quarterback? That's how bad Mitchell Trubisky has been. Like, they're undefeated, and they're like, you know what? You you stink. Hit the bench. That's a really good point. I, I guess, like, the only example I can, like, really think of, like, a team winning, making that quarterback change, um, was, it like, be like, the Niners with uh, with um, Kaepernick. Yeah, and but like Alex Smith. Smith was hurt. 
Okay. That's so long ago, can't remember. Well, no. Smith got hurt and Kaepernick came in, and then once he came in, they just kept him in. But right. initially, the change was made due to injury. I mean, gotcha. usually when you're undefeated, you sort of skate by on that, like, oh, he played well enough to win. Well, the Bears are like, eh, no. No. Which is good credit <laughs> to them. Yep. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And like I said, like it was just so inevitable because uh, Matt Nagy, Foles, former offensive coordinator in KC, Bill Lazor, uh, Foles, former quarterback coach, in the Eagles, 2013, John D. Filippo, quarterback coach in Chicago, uh, Foles quarterback coach in 2017. Just so many, you know, Foles guys there. Like it was always going to happen. Now it has happened, and they're better off. And they had to trade for him to get him too. So like, you gave up assets to acquire this guy. Yet you thought, well, let's keep him on the bench for the first two games. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. All right, uh, are there any other teams you want to mention before we move on? Uh, I should probably get to some of the well, at least one bad team here because you know. Uh, you gotta you gotta show some love to those teams too, and uh, I mean I could say the Falcons, but they're just not even they're not worth. We just talked about the Bears coming back against them. They're not even worth the time as the NFL's biggest chokers, maybe the biggest chokers in sports. Um, <laughs> I guess I wanted to bring up the. Uh, can I go with both New York teams real quick here? I'm gonna say the Giants because we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. They're terrible. Uh, there were some talk stats. I saw some national reporters being like the giants they're tougher this year you know they're not an easy out like they used to, like i literally just saw that a week or two ago and i just laughed at the time and sure enough uh here they are suffering a 27 point home loss to this incredibly injured niners team and daniel jones has accounted for twice as many turnovers as touchdowns uh <laughs> the giants have the nfl's second worst point differential like they're still as bad as ever uh and then the jets i mean uh, the scuttlebutt is that Adam Gase could get replaced as soon as Thursday night, you know, if, or, you know, or fired as soon as Thursday night, if they lose to the Broncos on Thursday night football. So, so we'll see how that goes. How are, could he not get fired? Yeah. Why is he still here? I, that's the question. Like I saw this tweet today from Paul Hembikides of ESPN. ESPN produces a stat called total efficiency. It measures a team's offense, defense, and special teams and blends it on a zero to 100 scale. The Jets' total efficiency is six. <laughs> like, what? I don't understand how Adam Gase has not been fired already. You knew it from that first press conference when he was looking at, I don't know what, an imaginary fly that flew into the room and his eyes were all over the place. Like, what has this guy done without Peyton Manning to make you think that he is anything, any sort of offensive wizard? Since he's been the head coach of the Jets, they have most three and outs. Their average drive has been, I think, less than 30 yards. Less than 30 yards. He's <laughs> terrible. Put him out of his misery. And more importantly, put him out of Sam Darnold's misery. Yeah, I feel bad for Darnold. I like I don't know how good or bad Sam Darnold like is gonna be. Uh I, I believed in him coming into the league. Not like the most fervor, but like I was optimistic about him. And like, how am I supposed to even gauge him right now? When his top running back is like a 37-year-old Frank Gore, his top receiver is like Chris Hogan, who they only added like late in August. Like that roster, like, yes, Adam Gase definitely to blame a lot and needs to go. Um, but that roster also has just so much room for Joe Douglas, former Eagles, you know, executive. He has a lot of work to do with that roster. You have worked the Eagles into every single topic we it's have true. discussed so far today. Look, they're they're pervasive, unfortunately, which is it's very sad. But, you know, here I am. All right. Well, why don't we do this? We'll take a break 
And when we come back, we're going to do make it make sense because I have a make it make sense this week about the Eagles. And you were incredulous <sighs> before we started taping this thing. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll do that. Plus, we'll do more survivor picks right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. My favorite segment of the entire show, Brandon, Make It Makes Sense. We'll look through the week of football and pick a decision or maybe two that we saw that either we totally disagree with or we actually like. And that's where I'm going this week because your head coach, Doug Peterson, made a decision that drove people crazy. Was it 15 seconds left in overtime? It was fourth down. He decided to punt the ball away, forego the chance to win, punted it away, accepted the tie against the Bengals, and you don't get it at all. Stats. You play to win the game. You play to win. You don't play to tie. Who plays to tie the game? It's cowardice. Doug Peterson stats literally wrote a book called Fearless. What is fearless about punting the ball in overtime to tie when you are 0-2? What do you have to lose when the you're 0-2? So what who cares? You're probably out of it anyway. You look at their schedule. It's the hardest remaining schedule in the NFL. You need a win. What does a tie get for you? Nothing. No, it doesn't do anything. And more there's there's more layers to this than just like the decision itself i think it's also what the decision says about the team like how do you feel if you're a member of the defense and the head coach doesn't trust you like to you know if they miss the field goal or miss the fourth down or whatever to be on the field and stop the Bengals. i mean the defense was playing well in overtime they forced the Bengals to punt three times like all of a sudden so he doesn't trust them but I mean, I don't even think that's the most damning part about it. I think the most damning part, stats, is that Carson Wentz was ready to go back out on the field and attempt that fourth and 12, uh, you know, after the Eagles got the penalty and got knocked back. And Doug Peterson was like, no, punt team out there. And I think that says a lot about his lack of faith in Carson Wentz and obviously the offense as a whole. And I think it's a bad message to send. It's like, we don't trust you, basically, and you're bad. And he even admitted it, stats, on radio today on WIP in Philly. Uh, he even said, like, he'd like to have that decision back. So yeah, make it make sense to me. You know what? He was right in the moment, and he was wrong today. Listen, what's that division right now? That division is absolute trash right now. The Eagles haven't won a game, and they're a half game out of first place, for God's sakes. You take the tie because it's not a loss. And at the end of the year, in a terrible division, 
That could be the difference between winning the division and not winning the division. It's the smart choice, and you suffer the slings and arrows as a head coach. You take that on. You be fearless and take that on in Philly where you know you're going to get crushed because it's the best thing for your team. It was a smart decision by Doug Peterson. I also didn't like the call to not go for two at the end of the game there because they could have done that and even avoided overtime altogether. Um, I just think, you know, like the way the offense was so – like they were just struggling – in a major way, Carson Wentz not playing well. It's like, how do you really trust him to then play well in overtime? Like, just you're two yards away. Just, you know, get it there because you're probably not going to get it in overtime. And sure enough, they didn't get it in overtime. So didn't like that decision to not even go for two. And I guess the other part of this where I come from, um, you know, the Eagles invested rooting interest in here is I'd almost rather them be bad stats because, like, I don't want to see them limp into another, like, NFC's title at something like, eight seven and one or whatever because that doesn't really like i don't know what happens to this team next year if that happens like did they just run it back they're not good enough this is the second most expensive roster in the nfl they're oh two and one they're they're not they don't have young exciting talented players carson Wentz is playing like the worst quarterback in the nfl right now like i just status quo was not good enough so uh so that's the other angle here too that's selfish of me and maybe not a factor and Doug Peterson oh, obviously not a factor in Doug Peterson's decision making but I would like to see them lose I agree that they should have gone for two at the end of regulation because my opinion on that is do you have a better chance of scoring from two yards away or do you have a better chance of making the extra point and then possibly stopping them in overtime and then driving down and getting points yourself like just gain two yards <laughs> it's like you know I would much rather do that but I think it was right you're taking a long-term view of like, what is this team in the big picture? And I get that right. fan, but Doug Peterson's not doing that. I mean, he can't do of that. Course. He's got to do what's best for this year. And I think if we get down to it weeks from now, months from now, you're going to look back and say, thank God the Eagles didn't lose that game against the Bengals. I'm not going to. Well, I will say though, that, I predicted that outcome stats. I said the Eagles were going to tie the Bengals uh, <laughs> heading into, heading into Sunday's game. So I thank Doug Peterson for that, for making me, you know, look smart just one time. I, I will take that. That's a nice consolation prize. Well, first of all, you're very smart and, and your survivor picks bear that out because after a rough week one, you and I have bounced back very nicely. We are both now two and one on the season. Last week, I believe you had the Colts over the Jets. Yes. Not exactly your boldest pick, but nonetheless, it came through. I had mm -hmm. the Browns over the Washington football team. I'm really out in a limb on that one, but nonetheless, it came through. So we are both two and one. Where are you going this week? Well, I was just talking about the Eagle stats, and I'll, I'll keep it there. Uh, you know, you got on me for not saying the 49ers are the best team in the NFL to ever exist earlier what? in the show. That's not uh, what I said. Exact quote from you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so look. Now, here's the part where I give praise to the 49ers because I'm taking the 49ers to beat the Eagles this week. I mean, that, that's a lock. Uh, the Eagles are terrible. They're a terrible. They're a terrible team. And I guess that's the other part of why the staff or the, the tie frustrates me because it's like they shouldn't be 0-2-1. They should be 0-3 because they're an 0-3 team. Again, they're like bottom of the league in DVOA. Carson Wentz has the worst passer rating. I think Doug Peterson's getting a little too much criticism because it's like, People are like, oh, the play calling isn't creative enough or whatever. It's like, well, maybe to some extent, but when the quarterback can't hit wide open players, like I can't criticize the play calling. Like like that has to happen. It's just like a basic function of the offense, of any offense in the NFL, where the quarterback 
has a guy open and he has to hit him more times than he does. Like it's just it's so frustrating with where the Eagles are at. And and obviously they're they're hurt too. Like they lost Dallas Goddard now. Uh Deshaun Jackson might not play this week. So like they're they're injured, they're bad, they're terrible. I and look, they played the 49ers this week, and then they get the Steelers the week after that, Ooh. and then the Ravens the week <laughs> after that. So 0-5 and one is very much on the table here. And I definitely think they lose to this 49ers team in primetime on Sunday Night Football. So suddenly a tie is going to look pretty good after, what, four weeks of losses? Not to me. No, you're right about uh, Wentz, though. He's got to be able to hit. I mean, guys in the flat, he he's overthrowing. He's not even hitting those guys. That's incredible. Would you take whoever the Eagles were playing against this week? Maybe not the Jets and the 49ers. Or not the, I just said the 49ers. Uh, the Jets, the Giants, and the Broncos are like the, the three teams I think they can maybe beat right now. You are so down. And now I like how you're using the Eagles' misery to bolster your survivor pick record. Like you're, hey, good. I'm, I'm a shameful opportunist. What can I say? <laughs> All right. Uh, my pick this weekend, I'm going back to the well. This is a little bolder for me. I was on Cleveland last week. They're playing Dallas this week. I'm going Cleveland again. I think the Browns. You can't, you can't do Cleveland again. This is against the rules, stats. What are you doing? This is Survivor. That's the challenge. You got to pick a new team. But <sighs> Fine. Uh, we got we to gotta get a ruling from the odd squad here if I'm right about this. I think I'm right about this. I mean, we're, we're following the rules. We were both eliminated after week one. What are you talking about yeah. following the rules? Yeah, but we we restarted it. But here's the problem, though. I mean, like, but then why can't I just take the Chiefs every week? And then I'll, and I'll never lose. Well, because we're trying not to do that. Fine. Fine. You big jerk. I won't take Cleveland, <laughs> even though I think Cleveland's going to beat Dallas for the record. Well, I'm going to go with I'll go with New England over Kansas City. That's on brand. That's well, that's that's really bold. After we just spent like the whole show talking about how the good the Chiefs are and they can't lose, but uh, but you you also are also are bullish on the Pats, so I I respect the heck out of that pick. At some point, Kansas City has to lose. I don't think they're going undefeated, and I think if they are going to lose. Bill Belichick's going to find a way to do it. I think he can use Cam Newton and that running game, which, like we said earlier, we just saw a run for 250 yards on, what was it, 38 carries. Yep. They can shorten the game. Belichick has experience with this. He's done it for years. He, I mean, he saw it with Parcells when he was on the Giants in the Super Bowl against the Bills. That Shorten the game, keep the other offense off the field. If anybody can do it, I think Bill can. I'm going Patriots over the Chiefs in the survivor pick, even though it's not even my favorite game of the week. It's so gutsy that uh, I can't even push back on it because, like, it's it's a great bold pick. Um, I think you're crazy, and it's not going to happen uh, because, again, we talked about all the reasons why uh, the Chiefs are just they're looking invulnerable. I mean, obviously, you know, the Chargers game last week, not as much, but I think they're just back on it. I think that was a blip on the radar, and I think you're going to lose this one. Well, if I do, you'll never hear it about it again. But if I'm right. <laughs> I will settle all arguments with, hey, I picked the Patriots over the Chiefs when the Chiefs were rolling. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good spot for you to be in, I feel like, because like if, if you're wrong, it's just like, oh, you know, whatever. The Chiefs, you know, they won. But if, <laughs> if they lose, you, you, do, you do look pretty smart. So it's a good pick by you. That's, see, that's my sweet spot. That's where I need <laughs> to live. Um, now, before we go, we like to hit up the oddities also. Did you notice in Denver – all of the cardboard cutouts in the stands were characters from South Park. I saw something on Twitter about that. What was that? They That's it? Like, just, like, I think it was like 1,200 cardboard cutouts were all the different South Park characters. It was fantastic. 
I think that the rest of the fan bases around the NFL need to step up their game and get their card bar cutout game going. But kudos to Denver. I don't know who came up with that or the story behind it, but bravo. The Eagles had some dogs in the stands this week. I don't know if anyone else has done that, but I like that. Um, I also saw the Seahawks did uh, like high school football jerseys. That's pretty cool. I like that. That's, that's a pretty neat that's thing. That's not bad. Yeah. So, so some teams are getting creative with things uh, as we go along here. Um, but yeah, those are probably the best I've seen so far. That was the only oddity I had this week, but I thought it was pretty good. So that's going to do it for us. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the SP Nation NFL podcast. You get this show. You get our whole lineup of shows. I mean, this show is clearly the best, so it's all downhill from here. But you should listen to the other shows, too, because they're almost as good as this one. I co-sign everything that Stat said. And obviously, you know, check out Bleeding Green Nation for me and Niners Nation for Stats. And yeah, subscribe to this feed because there are other shows here. I mean, this is the most important one as well. <laughs> but uh, but obviously listen to them all because it's more fun that way. Brandon Lee Gouton, I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk to you next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.